This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com, that's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, get you 10% off. Why you don't matter. And I don't matter. I'll explain in a second. We have a subpoena coming. And finally, a big fancy actress is going to jail. And why that actually matters for me personally. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. (music) 
Is Donald Trump going to get reelected? I get asked this question all the time. People send me emails, friends, family. My neighbors will stop me on the sidewalk. Is Donald Trump going to get reelected? What's the status of Trump's reelection? Hey, Jesse, what's going to happen? And I'm about to give you something right between the eyes. All right? You ready for this? I'm not sure he is. Now, hold on. Before you turn off the television sets, before you go get your mag of pom-poms and beat me over the face on your television set, just let me explain for a second. Let me explain. We try to do this thing. People who are into politics, I mean. You, me, we do this thing where we think the people who decide elections are you and me. That's human nature. We're all self-important, aren't we? I mean, me a little bit more than you, but we're, uh, we all think we're pretty special. <laughs> I've got this thing wrapped up. Here's the truth of the matter. You and me, we know who we're going to vote for. That crazy liberal loon in San Francisco, he already knows who he's going to vote for. All the 95% of the Democrats in D.C., they know who they're going to vote for. The right-wing conservatives in Texas know who they're going to vote for. There is very little undecided about the election that's coming in November. You know what actually matters? Rust Belt swing voters. Well, not only Rust Belt, but swing voters. Voters in swing states. Those purple states... Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, the states that could go either way, those are the only states that matter in an election. Because, look, we all know Texas is going to go Trump. We all know Cali's going to go Biden. We know this. We know. Those states. Now, all right, we know which states matter. I'm just giving it to you straight here. It's the voters in those states that, what's a nice way to put this, aren't well-informed aren't that politically involved. I'm not insulting anybody's intelligence, but understand, 50,000, that's the number of votes that decided Donald Trump is going to be our next president of the United States of America. 50,000 votes spread over those swing states. That's the reason we don't have President Hillary Clinton. That's it. And here's the thing that's really going to blow your mind when you think about it. Those 50,000 people They voted for Barack Obama in the previous two elections. Wild, right? Crazy to think about that there are people out there like that. I like that Obama. He sounds nice. You know, universal health care, definitely smart. Oh, Donald Trump. He seems like he's got it figured out. I like the fact we're going to cut regulations. I understand that's wild that that's the same person, but that's the same person. And that person decides elections. That person is the one who decides elections. And that person, that person doesn't vote on what you vote on. That person doesn't vote on what I vote on. That person doesn't get home every single night and turn on I'm Right and figure out what, it is, what the news of the day is. That person doesn't, you know, get on the internet this first thing in the morning and check out the headlines. Oh my gosh, did you see this about the taxes? Honey, did you see the spending? I, that person doesn't do the things you and I do. That person does the big things. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're just there to drive us crazy. But the point is, that person votes on whether or not they have a job. That person votes on things like the economy. You know, things seem like they're going all right. I'll just vote for Trump again. Ooh, things seem bad. I'll vote for the other guy this time. 
That person is going to decide the day before or day of who they're going to vote for. I know that sounds absolutely insane to you, and it is insane. It's insane to me, but it's also the truth. And what's the economy going to look like in November? You can do that thing I know you're doing right now. It's the Democrats' fault. The Democrats won't reopen the state. That, that witch in Michigan just extended her lockdown. All that stuff's true. I'm not arguing with you. Do you know that voter I just described to you who decides the next election? Here, I'm about to really blow your mind. Ready for this? They have no idea who the governor of Michigan is. None. Unless they live in the state, they couldn't name for you the governor of Michigan. You can get mad at her all you want. You can get mad at the governor of California, mad at the governor of New York, and all those things are true. I'm not saying you're wrong. The voter who's going to decide the next election votes on the 30,000-foot things, the things you don't know about, the things that you've passed that a long time ago. Well, yeah, I know about this, but now I'm breaking down this and breaking down that and breaking down that. That person doesn't vote that way. And the truth is this. This is an economic disaster. An economic disaster. And that person in November is going to be walking into the voting booth during an economic disaster. They are. And don't do this thing where, no, it's going to turn right around. Buddy, we already have the numbers out. We've lost over 100,000 small businesses permanently. This isn't turning right around. And because of so many of the idiotic things our government has done, including that stupid CARES Act that everybody cheered about, all we did was kick the can down the road a little bit on so, so many things. We pushed a lot of this pain down the road. If everybody opened up right now, there's still more pain coming than we've experienced yet. All we did was push it down. You know that you know that beer you've had before? When you were young and stupid, you wake up, you had too many the night before? Oh, man. You know what? Get me a beer, Charlie. That'll clear this hangover up. And then you wake up the next day and you actually feel like you're dying from Ebola virus? That's all we've done. Little hair of the dog. We'll be fine. Pass some stimulus money. No big deal. Oh, we got pain coming. Oh, you think I'm lying? Here's the new Quinnipiac University poll. I can't believe I actually said Quinnipiac right right out of the gates. Biden holds 11-point lead as Trump approval on coronavirus dips. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Don't do that thing you're doing. Oh, you can't trust polls. Yes, most polls are wrong. Quinnipiac is a legitimate poll and it's not 11 points wrong. It's not. Another one. Doctors are writing to Trump. Now, this is going to matter. Calling for an end to the lockdowns. Listen to this. Quote, we, will write, we write you today to express our alarm over the exponentially growing negative health consequences of the national shutdown. In medical terms, the shutdown was a mass casualty incident. Keeping schools and universities closed is incalculably detrimental for children, teenagers, and young adults for decades to come. The millions of casualties of a continued shutdown will be hiding in plain sight, but they will be called alcoholism, homelessness, suicide, heart attack, stroke, or kidney failure. In use, this will be called financial instability, unemployment, despair, drug addiction, unplanned pregnancies, poverty, and abuse. Because the harm that is diffused diffuse I, I i went to community college there are those who hold that it does not exist we the undersigned know otherwise that's funny 
That's a letter from over 500 doctors saying exactly what I told you in the very, very, very beginning of all this. Uneducated idiot me explained exactly that to you. That a depression, an economic downturn like this, has more casualties than coronavirus would ever even think about. If those idiotic models everybody used that told you, ah, oh, we're gonna lose two million Americans from coronavirus that were of course absurdly wrong and stupid, even if they were right, it still wouldn't have been worth locking down the United States of America. This is without question the most disastrous decision in the history of the United States of America. And remember that voter I told you about? That voter, they're not going to blame the governor of Michigan when they walk into the voting booth in November. They're not. And I realize he's changed course now, and I'm glad he has, and good for him. I'm praising him for it. I'm going to vote for him. But that voter is going to remember Donald Trump saying, lock down America, because he did. He just did. And businesses, even in states that are being slaughtered, like New York, they're screaming, help us, we're in trouble. Small businesses are and always have been the backbone of our country. We don't have investors to lean on. We don't have board members or committees. You know what we have? We have heart and we have grit. We take risks and we brave the unknown. You know what we are not? We are not blind. It's the headlines that read, Walmart's earnings soar, or Home Depot's sales surge 7.3% during this pandemic that have us in an uproar. Are we being played? Are we fighting a pandemic? Or are we just being used as pawns to be played with by our politicians? Why is there a double standard? It's really hard to see these reports and think why are we, the small businesses of New York, being targeted? If Home Depot can sell flooring, why can't a small business sell flooring? If Target can sell clothing, why can't we? If Costco can sell jewelry, why can't I? Does this virus only spread in small businesses? And yes, I know, I've heard the argument, we are not essential. She covered a lot there, and she covered a lot that was right, but once again, who told you from the very beginning this was going to be the largest transfer of wealth outside of the middle class into the mega corporations in the history of the country? I told you that. I told you exactly what was going to happen. But to wrap up this whole thing, what she said there at the end, essential, I want you to remember that word. Because of all the horrendous destruction that's going to come out of our idiotic pandemic response, Maybe the worst thing is the American people accepting that their politicians have the authority to decide who is essential and who is not. This is the United States of America. This is not communist China. A governor in this country does not have the authority to say, you're allowed to open and you're allowed to open and you're allowed to open and you're not. They don't have the authority, even if you think they were right to do so. They don't have the legal authority to do that. And the American people heard them do that. Not you, probably, hopefully. Definitely not me. The American people heard them do that and said, okay, I guess I'll close. Mm -mm. Not in this country. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, 
I have some other straight talk you need to hear here. Um, you need to sleep. And I don't mean sleep once every three days, because I know what you do. I've seen what you do, because I've done it. You get a crappy night's sleep, a three or four nights, one night. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll be right. Just, just give me some coffee. And then the next night you do that again, three or four hours, and you're like, oh, all right, I'm, look, it's fine. I'm really, really exhausted. I basically can hardly function. I drove off the road four times on the way home from work. I'm sure tonight I'll sleep. And then you're so wiped out, that night you go to bed and you sleep seven hours and you wake up thinking, whew, glad I took care of that problem. No, you didn't. You passed the stimulus check for your mind. All you did was kick the problem down the road. You need sleep every night. Go get an ebb sleep. Go to try ebb.com slash jesse that's try ebb.com slash jesse use the promo code jesse you get 25 bucks off we just had a call today of people writing in talking about how much it has changed their sleep go find out about it it's fantastic I love a great political scandal. You probably love a great political scandal. I, and look, that's why I have to admit, I don't want to get sidetracked here on something that's kind of unrelated, but I like the Clintons. I know. I know what you're saying, Jesse. The Clintons are basically the devil. The Clintons this and the Clintons that and Benghazi and all that. Look, everything you're saying is right. The Clintons are the absolute worst, which is why I miss them. Do you know? What makes a great movie? Do you know what makes a great book? I want you to think about right now. What are your top three or four or five favorite movies? What are your, what are your favorite books? What do they all have in common? I guarantee it. They all have a great villain. You need a great villain because a villain makes the story, man. A hero is easy. It's tough to be a good villain, and there is no greater villain in the history of American politics, at least not in my lifetime, than the Clintons. The absolute dirtiest, scummiest, blatantly open corruption family. <laughs> the, the Clinton Foundation. What is that? While she's Secretary of State, there's a charity that's receiving huge donations from foreign countries that she's dealing with. There's just no way all that's legal. And they don't even really hide it. Well, I mean, we do some good work. It's charity. <laughs> it's the best. I love them. I miss the Clintons. So this political scandal has really given me quite a tickle. Um, we'll let Matt Gates take it away first. If lies were music, Susan Rice would be Mozart. If I were <laughs> writing myself an email where three times I had to say I did everything by the book, that is certainly more incriminating than it is exculpatory. And when you look at Jim Comey, just look at the last three tweets from Jim Comey. You have a flower, an attack on the Department of Justice that's probably investigating him, and praise for the removed, disgraced, now former chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr. Now, if Rick Rennell had been the director of national intelligence back in 2017, Jim Comey would probably already be under the jail because the Grinnell disclosures lay bare the coup before the American people. Obama was involved. Biden was involved, Susan Rice was involved, and Jim Comey was set up to be the inside man going from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. And remember all that weird journaling he was doing to try to set the president up on obstruction of justice? Well, now it is exposed, and it's my and expectation that finally we could get justice from the investigation that uh, AG Barr is overseeing. 
It's really bad. All that stuff is really, really bad. But the best part of all this is the email itself. I just want to, I want you to understand what happened. This, this is real. This is not something I'm making up. Two weeks after the meeting, Susan Rice has this meeting. Two weeks after the meeting, she sits down and types out an email to herself discussing how all the participants on the me- in the meeting were absolutely razor sharp and on the up and up. Is that not the most suspicious thing you've ever heard in your life? That is the equivalent of me showing up three hours too late getting home from work, smelling like alcohol, and the wife comes out and says, hey, where were you? I wasn't drinking with my buddies. That's, that's the political equivalent of that. What? You, that you would even ever write an email to yourself is weird. That in and of itself is weird. That you would write an email to yourself two weeks after the meeting talking about just how perfect the meeting was is stunning. At least you would think that, you know what? This is why I miss the Clintons. Because at least the Clintons knew how to commit a proper crime. These criminals are unworthy. These are not worthy criminals. Hillary Clinton would have already deleted that email and had somebody killed. I'm kidding. We can make jokes. We can make jokes on the show. All right, what else are we going to do but laugh? But again, these are not good criminals here. You know who else sucks? Chuck Schumer sucks. Here he is. The Republican chairman has convened a hearing that slanders the family of the president's political opponent. Believe it or not, this powerful Senate committee with broad jurisdiction over so many aspects of the government's response to the ongoing pandemic, is prioritizing yet another attempt to smear Vice President Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what they're doing, and they do it really, really well. And I'm about to tell you, it's going to work really, really well on enough Republicans that it's going to hurt us getting any traction. They're going to do this thing where they use the FBI to electioneer on their behalf. And then they're going to act as if looking into it is us using the federal government to electioneer on our behalf. What? You can't. You can't go into Biden. That would be wrong. You can't look into Biden. That would be wrong. Um, Joe Biden is as dirty as a rest stop bathroom in Tijuana. Joe Biden has been in politics for 9,000 years. Now, is he Hillary Clinton dirty? No, that's why he's unworthy. But this stuff with Joe Biden's son, it's really bad. I, this is really, really bad. Again, I'm, I'm not going to stop on this. The Ukraine thing, I realize everyone wants us to forget about it, but this Ukraine thing is a big deal. And I think Joe Biden has handled it poorly and we could have gotten past it by now, but he's of course handled it terribly. Getting your son, who has no experience in the field, a $50,000 a month job with a Ukrainian firm that wants to get in good with you as the vice president is a big deal. That's a very big deal because you don't give him that job unless you're getting something back. That's how those things work. Was it access? Was it something worse? I don't know. But you're not giving that idiot Hunter Biden that job unless you're getting something from Joe Biden. And Joe Biden has never been able to offer up a decent explanation for that. 
Do you remember his explanation? It's actually hilarious when you think about it. His explanation the whole time was a reporter would get in front of him. In the rare case, they asked him a wrong question. And they would ask him, so, so Joe, uh, can you explain, you know, why Hunter got this job? This looks really bad. And all Joe Biden would say is, well, he never did anything wrong. Nobody said he did anything wrong. Who said he did anything wrong? Wait, what? And the reporter would, would just sit there dumbfounded, like, what are you talking about? I, I just said he did something wrong. Every, everybody said, he never did anything wrong. No one said that. <laughs> what? That's not an explanation. Again, I miss Hillary. All right, here's Senator Ron Johnson. This particular subpoena, uh, th this was actually requested on a bipartisan basis when they delayed the subpoena mm. for Andre Teloshenko. So people said, well, if you want the Blue Star records, why don't you just subpoena Blue Star? Said, okay, we will. And then when it comes down to subpoena Blue Star, all of a sudden they object and they kind of throw a little bit of a hissy fit there. But, you know, trust me, this was not something, uh, I didn't want to make this a big deal. I just wanted to get the information. I just want to get those records. Uh, we'll get those records now and we'll see if we find something. Uh, I'm somewhat suspicious. Uh, my, my interest level has been raised by the high level of their objections. I think they protest a little bit too much. I don't know. Apparently we're hitting a nerve here. Maybe we're getting close to, to finding out some, some important information. There's plenty of smoke here. And here's the problem. And you know what? Good for Barr and good for Trump. Good for President Trump. All that talk about draining the swamp and stuff like that, that's hard. The hardest thing to do is to go after a system because systems instinctively protect their own. They do. But it looks like we're gaining some ground here. Do I think anybody's going to jail? No. And everybody continues to back me up on that. There are too many Democrats. I don't think anybody's going to jail. But daggone, it looks like we're going to give it the old college try. And at least for the first time ever, start looking into some really nasty stuff that Democrats have done. I guess we shall see. We'll talk to Sarah Gonzalez about it. Hang on. Joining me now from the news and why it matters on Blaze TV, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, before you came on, we were coordinating our connections there, and I saw you had your laptop in front of you, and there was some weird sticker on the top of your laptop. Is that some kind of weird hippie free Tibet thing or something? It says free the first. So it's the first, the free the first amendment, Jesse. The first oh, amendment. So you, it's not a, ah, it's not I understand. a Tibet. No. I'm, oh, I'm, really? I am I a conservative hippie, but I'm not that much of a, of a conservative hippie, so. You're, you're also apparently one of those people that has to make everything political, aren't you? Like, you show up at the parties with your <laughs> MAGA pom-poms and stuff like that? I do. I have a clutch that says uh, Trump 2020 that I wear just when I, I think I'm going to go to a place where it might piss some people off. <laughs> Yes, of course, that is the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. All right, Sarah, <laughs> I said that I miss Hillary Clinton. Now, before you yell and scream at me and try to murder me, I miss because they were such good bad guys, Hillary and, and Bill. They were the best villains in the world. And instead, now we're stuck with idiots like Susan Rice, who sent herself emails two weeks later talking about what a great job she did and what a great job Obama did. That's not even a worthy crime. These people are unworthy of the Clinton legacy of crime. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you have a point. I wouldn't go so far as to say I miss Hillary Clinton, but you do have a point uh, that these are, they're not good bad guys. Uh, they leave traces all over the place. Essentially, really, I would also like to point out that the number one thing that made me very, very uh, pessimistic about what happened in the Obama administration was the fact that Obama and Joe Biden went around for years saying we had a scandal-free administration. By the way, did I mention we had a scandal-free administration? We did have a scandal-free administration. I mean, if that doesn't smell bad, I don't know what does. Oh, God, you're, you're absolutely right. It has always weirded me out. It really reeked of that guy who, you know, he's the cheerleading coach and he's a little too into being the cheerleading coach in school. And a few years later, it turns out he's just a big, disgusting pig. It's true. It's true. Well, and then you had Joe Biden who went on to say, well, we had no indictments. Uh, and he said that several months yes. ago. And I thought yes. to myself, so you're saying you haven't gotten caught yet. That's not really a defense that you really should be using, uh, at least publicly. So now we're seeing it. Some of the cards are being are being laid on the table. It's not surprising, especially with Susan Rice. I mean, Susan Rice has has stunk for a long time. You know, we saw her go on television and tell everyone that Benghazi was because of a YouTube video. So she's certainly not someone to be trusted uh, when when you're looking at trying to cover up your tracks. So yeah, I mean, it was lazy and I think mostly arrogant on the Obama administration's part to think that they could engage in this level of corruption and be able to cover it up. What is that arrogance? Where does that come from? Is that just, I mean, look, who knows more about arrogance than me? But is that just, I'm, I'm a liberal, I've been surrounded by a media that loves me for eight years and a government full of Democrats, and I'm just not used to any real scrutiny. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially when you're looking at President Obama, you know, he went in there, he was whisked in as, you know, the first African-American president. Uh, everyone treated him like royalty. He did not get pushback from the media, certainly not to the any sort of level that comes close to the way that President Trump gets pushed back every single day, uh, including for a, a prescription that he's taking between himself and his doctor. So, you know, you have Obama who got in this position, who, uh, you know, really was not used to any sort of criticism, any sort of, you know, anyone looking into anything that he did because everything he touched turned to gold or so he thought. And I, I think that that is, you know, a lot of the deep state has to do with it because the deep state was in it for him, as we're seeing now uh, come, you know, we are seeing come to light more and more with all of the evidence that comes out. The deep state was in it for him. They were working for him specifically, not necessarily the president of the United States or even the, the United States government as a whole, but just Barack Obama himself. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he, people taught him that he was allowed to get away with whatever he wanted. And this is the result of that. What do you consider the deep state? Do you think, because I have this argument with friends all the time and what they think versus what I think on it. Do you think it is a coordinated thing? I mean, we all know they're Democrats. That's not up for debate. We, we have the voter registration. They're all a bunch of Democrats in government. Do you think they coordinate or is it just the fact that you're walking down this road, Sarah, and I'm walking down a parallel road and eventually we're going to end up at the same thing because we're going the same direction and it's going to look like we were coordinating the whole time? I think that there is a, a level of both things happening at the same time. I think when you're looking at, you know, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, and you're looking at the coordination that happened there, uh, I think that you you see partnerships like that, and you realize that there is a level, a certain level of coordination going on. But I also do think that there are, you know, there are a lot of Democrats, a lot of bureaucratic Democrats. They've been in government for, you know, 30, 40 years, and it just so happens that their goals are aligned. 
And if they get to the end of the road at the same time and they end up in the same place, then so be it. But the fact is that their goals are aligned. So I think that there are a couple different levels, a couple different layers of the deep state going on. And I will say too, I hope that they come up with a new name other than deep state because it sounds, you know, they've made it sound so conspiracy theorist to say the term deep state. But if you look at the facts and you look at what we've uncovered in the last three and a half years, there's nothing else to, to call it. There's nothing else to say other than yeah, this was happening. These are people who, instead of taking, you know, uh, taking the president's directives, they decided that they had a better way of doing things. What's a conspiracy theory you believe in? Do you think we really landed on the moon? I do think that we landed on the moon. I do think that we landed on the moon. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. There, I was talking to uh, our friend Chad Prather the other day, and we were talking about that we wanted to try and really look into that flat earther theory because. There must be something there <laughs> if all of these people seem to latch on to this crazy, ridiculous theory. Maybe there's something that we're missing. We need to, we need to actually do some research into it uh, and, and see. But I will say, really quickly, conspiracy theory that I do believe in, I'm, I'm getting kind of, I'm not anti-vax, but the way that they're pushing this vaccine that has not even been developed yet when it comes to coronavirus, that barely even yes. affects any of the population, it kind of makes you wonder what's going on over there. I'm so glad someone else said it. I didn't want to say anything because I'll tell you what, everybody thinks I love controversy and that I get off on it. I, I mean, and that's, that's kind of true. These vaccine people are crazy and there are anti-vaccine people who are crazy and pro-vaccine people are crazy. And look, I vaccine my kids cause, just because I don't have a, a great role in their lives or really care what happens to them. But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> it is a little creepy how much they're pushing a vaccine for a virus with a 99.99% survival rate. We're not dealing with freaking polio here it's 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 not that bad it's true it's true and that's that's all i'm saying is you know it makes you it gives you a newfound uh respect for the people who have been anti-vaccine this whole time it makes you go okay maybe they had something there maybe there is something to what they've been saying this whole time it definitely makes you wonder about it and i'm not i don't care if i get pushed back i'm i'm just gonna go ahead and come out and say it Noted conspiracy theorist Sarah Gonzalez. All right, Joe Biden. I have this theory on the Hunter Biden stuff. There, we, we, everybody agrees there is no good explanation for your son getting a $50,000 a month gig to sit on a board for a job he has no experience in while you're vice president. Everybody knows that's bad. I mean, you can lie about it all day long. It's bad. I say that he made a big mistake, and he's been making a big mistake, especially now that they're looking into it again. He should have just come right out away and said, come out right away. I went to community college. He should have come out right away and just said, uh, yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, I, my son's kind of an idiot. I wanted him to get a $50,000 a month job. They did it to get close to me. Uh, I admit, I wish I hadn't done that. And I think it would have all gone away in about 24 hours, Sarah. Instead, he's operated under this bizarre, I didn't do anything wrong. Hunter didn't do anything wrong thing. And it comes off bad. Yeah, I completely agree with you, especially when you're looking at a mainstream media that that's, I mean, that's their primary role, isn't it these days? It's their essential role to cover for all of the, the Democrat leaders. So it would be very easy for Joe Biden to explain it away. Uh,
just kind of say, look, I mean, I, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I was trying to look out for my son. Can't every father relate to just trying to look out for his son? I mean, I think he even has a chance to get some, some credibility there. I think he even has a chance to get some people who actually have some empathy uh, for his position. And instead, he's just making it, like you said, worse and worse for himself the more he comes out and talks about it. I mean, I will say, I, I do feel bad for him in the sense that, uh, you know, it must be hard to have such a screw up as a son and be in the public eye and have to stand out there and defend all of these actions and try to, you know, uh, tackle all of these questions that are being thrown at you on why your son has a crack problem and why your son impregnated a stripper. I mean, it's got to be really tough for the guy. Unfortunately, I do think that he's taking the wrong route in just becoming defensive about it when he really has an opportunity, I think, to, to gain some empathy from the American people. Sounds like Hunter Biden is just living his life, Sarah. Living his life. This is America, baby. Sarah Gonzalez, host <laughs> of the News and Why It Matters on Blaze TV. I'll talk to you. All right, thanks. All right, we got more. Hang on. Well... If you've been paying attention at all, you've seen something really, really, really disturbing out there, and that's the Communist Chinese Party putting out some blame America talking points, putting out some really just flat-out false information when it comes to coronavirus, and you're thinking, man, I can't believe they have that kind of that pool over there. What kind of propagandists do they have in China? And then you turn on the news at night, and NBC's saying the same freaking thing. That is an issue in Kingsley Cortez with the National Pulse is joining us now because she wrote an outstanding piece about that. Kingsley, um, I don't want to be that American left is a bunch of commies guy, but they're saying the same thing the commies are saying. Yes, you're exactly right, Jesse, and thank you so much for having me. I think in many ways, this coronavirus pandemic has been a great revealer particularly when it comes to the mainstream media. What I try to highlight in this article is that they have been courting mainstream media elites. The CCP has been doing this for years. Starting in 2017, the Chinese Communist Party's state-owned media outlets, CCTV and CGTN, co-hosted a global media summit to discuss the CCP's greater role in global media. And we, with the National Pulse, were able to verify the attendance of Reuters, the Huffington Post, CNN, the Associated Press, and BBC. CNN even participated on stage in a panel discussion at this summit. So that is problematic for a lot of reasons, hold on. obviously. Hold on. I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me see if I, I just want to see if I have this right. The Communist Party put on a media event talking about the greatness of the Communist Party and CNN showed up? You are exactly correct. And again, why is this problematic? Well, it's problematic because CGTN is a propaganda arm, an overt propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party. There is a reason the Department of Justice listed them as a foreign agent under the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which was originally conceptualized to expose Nazis in 1938, and now we're using it to expose the Chinese Communist Party. 
So again, the mainstream media, by participating in these conferences and collaborating with um, communist propagandists, what they're really doing is lending the legitimacy or what legitimacy they have left of their outlets to the Chinese Communist Party. And they're propping up this disinformation campaign that the Chinese Communist Party is waging across the world. Kingsley, why? I, I, I want to understand why. I, I mean, everybody can look and see similarities between what the American left wants and what a communist wants, because let's be honest, they're all on the left side of the scale, and it's just a sliding scale, only slides so far. But why be that overt about it? Do they think nobody, they don't, they don't think there's a Kingsley Cortez who's going to figure it out? Do they have an, an innocent explanation for it of some, in, of some kind? Well, I think it's two things. The first being, I think they think they can get away with it. Um, we reached out to each of these outlets for a comment, and the only response we got was from Reuters, who said, you know, Reuters declines to comment on this situation. Um, so they think that we won't notice. They think we're not going to do the work of figuring out what they're really up to. And I think the second thing, which is kind of the larger issue here, is for years, our so-called elite have sold out the American working class individual, the American patriot to the Chinese Communist Party, whether that's mainstream media elites, whether that's um, Wall Street corporatists, or you know, in higher education on college campuses, they've increasingly shipped our jobs um, and our tech overseas, and they've really given up on the American experience and American ideals, and that's a shame. Is this an anti-American thing? I, I don't want to be too forward about it. I understand that makes some people uncomfortable. But I, I, frankly, so much of this seems like openly rooting against America. I, I don't know how you can justify it. Maybe they can. This seems anti-American. Yes, I think you're right. I think that progressive culture in being um, woke and focusing on that so much, they've given up on what really does make America great. And when you give up on that, what you do is you chase the money. And unfortunately, I think that's what we're seeing with our elites. Um, Beijing Biden is a perfect example of that for those of us who support President Trump. Um, I think he's a perfect opponent in that regard because for years he has sold out to the Chinese Communist Party, look no further than his own son, Hunter Biden, you know, who has made billions of dollars um, from Chinese laborers and having them exploit and um, take our own workers and our own jobs. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Because I think a lot of people know there's a Hunter Biden-Ukrainian connection. I mean, there, there's no explanation for that. Hunter Biden gets a $50,000 a month job, and Hunter Biden's an idiot anyway, and let alone he has no experience in that field. So already that looks bad. But people don't realize there's a real Chinese connection. There 100% is. So just to give a little bit of context, um, in 2011, Beijing Biden wrote an op-ed for the New York Times titled, China's rise is not our demise. Now, Biden could not have been more wrong because in the decade prior to that claim, the United States lost 2.7 million jobs to the Chinese. And that was really to the detriment of the American worker, right? Because these were blue collar jobs. These were automotive jobs, jobs in factories. Um, and why did he do that? Personal interest. His son, Hunter Biden, sits on the board of BHR Partners. Now, BHR Partners is largely backed by Chinese government-owned entities. 
and he is one of nine members on that board and he has made billions of dollars on that board. And they've been particularly active when it comes to automotive takeovers, for example, Hennings Automotive. And as far as we know, Hunter Biden has still not stepped down from this board. So again, that goes back to the global the globalist elites, whether that's on Wall Street, whether that's in Washington, or whether that's in the media, they are hell-bent on aiding the Chinese Communist Party. And unfortunately, in doing so, they are selling out the American worker and American ideals. So this sounds like, to hear you talk about it, this sounds like it goes beyond just an anti-Trump, anti-Republican thing. Oh, well, let's just join with China right now because they're against Trump and we're against Trump, and then we'll go back to it. They really genuinely love China. I think they do. I think, um, you know, China was trendy for a long time. I can speak to this being um, a, on a college campus, learning Mandarin when I was growing up as a young person was incredibly trendy, and it was you know, pushed by Hollywood and by progressive outlets. Um, and in addition to that, I think that, you know, we see these Confucius Institutes that started to permeate into our curriculum. So I think from a young age too, how the, how the left is going to try to sustain this kind of positive Chinese view is with education and with indoctrinating young people. Um, on that note, though, I do think that if anything, if any blessing comes from this horrible, horrible virus, it will be us totally and completely rejecting the Chinese Communist Party and calling them out for the authoritarian regime that they truly are. And the media needs to step out from behind China's great firewall, stop participating in these conferences, stop promoting this globalist Chinese, we can all grow together propaganda, because that is not true. China is hell-bent on supremacy. They want to reign. So we need to realize that, have them step out from behind this great firewall, and totally and utterly condemn China. I can't believe Kingsley Cortez was on a college campus learning Mandarin while I was failing Algebra 101 on a community college. Kingsley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. We got a lot more show. Hang on. There is a gross, gross miscarriage of justice going on right now in the United States of America. And you know what that is? Aunt Becky from Full House. She's an actress. You know, they say her real name is an Aunt Becky. She bribes in schools and whatnot, like all these other rich and famous people do. And she paid to get her kid into school. And there was some lying and some open, you know, corruption and whatnot. But what kind of country are we living in here? Some of us don't have kids who are these certified geniuses. Some of us are hoping to get rich one day so our kids can get into college. I had this huge thing planned out where, I mean, yeah, my kids are going to pull some C's. Maybe a day or two. That's fine. It's still a passing grade. Don't judge. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'm doing all right by the time college rolls around. We throw a little cheddar cheese at college's way. Kid gets in. We're now going to throw people in prison for that now? I thought this was America. I'm disgusted. All right, we've got a great special for you tomorrow. I'll see you then. Newton Group Transfer, they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare.
these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 